Support for this program comes from Room 816, the handmade arts and crafts space with everything from unique t-shirts, pillows, acrylic artwork, fabric dolls, and more, including a new line of fresh oil skin products. Start your holiday shopping today in Room 816, the place for one-of-a-kind original finds on Etsy and Facebook. Welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and how they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges, and today I'm here with the founders and owners of Black Paper Party, a company created to fill the void left by the lack of black imagery in traditional big box stores and other outlets during the holiday season. With 15 plus years of retail, product development, and creative design experience between them, Jasmine Hudson, Jerron Merchant, and Madia Willis now make ornaments and gift wrapping paper with children, families, and yes, even Santas that look like them. Welcome ladies and thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you for having us. So tell us a little bit about yourselves and how Black Paper Party came to be. There was a void and lack of representation during the holiday season. And we really just wanted to celebrate and amplify Black joy through very common things that you would use to celebrate the holiday season, which is gift wrap and ornaments. So originally we started off through Zazzle. We wanted to just try out a couple of different uh, ideas design-wise. And once we realized that it really resonated with our customers, we decided to just kind of really make it a, a big thing, manufacture on our own, made in USA, and um, just pick, pack, and ship the way we can as a as a collective, but just really wanting to make sure that we see ourselves during the holiday season. That's the really the foundation story. So Jay is an amazing illustrator. Maria has a wonderful design and retail background. So with our forces combined, you know, like the Avengers or something, we were able to make a really great product that resonates with the, our target audience. I'm, I'm probably older than you ladies are. And it was really rare coming up to see faces that look like us on Christmas paper or, or anything like that when I was growing up. And there are studies that show that there's only like about what, like a three or 5% of all the departments for Santas in the U.S. that are, are brown. How are you hoping that Black Paper Party can kind of help shift that narrative a bit? I think one of the biggest things for shifting the narrative is that these designs and the um, textiles that go with them are intentional. So a lot of the things that we're seeing is when we do see representation with quote unquote black Santas is they'll create a white Santa and then they'll go, oh snap, go ahead and paint that same white Santa brown. This is not a black Santa. This is not, this is not us. This doesn't resonate with us at all. It's okay for something to be exclusively for you by you. It's okay to say, I'm going to make this white Santa and then I'm going to make this black Santa, but you have to be intentional about it. And I think our designs resonate with our audience because they see themselves reflected in the designs. And that itself is groundbreaking and changing the narrative. Yeah, it's a forethought, not an afterthought. Yeah, it's true inclusivity. And I think um, another interesting thing is that we, we know that African-Americans and Black families make up a huge, you know, percentage of uh, consumers. 
And we discovered in our research that African-Americans actually spend 15% more than other demographics in the U.S. on seasonal decor, including Christmas decorations. So to not even have the option available to buy seasonal decor and seasonal products that um, look like us and represent us and look like our families, there is just a void in the market. And so it, besides from, you know, filling that void, um, we also, you know, get to design and, and do and illustrate things that we already love to do and fill a market void. But the, the dearth of black theme holiday products isn't really new. What was the impetus behind starting it now and doing this right here, right now? We brainstormed for a long time. Like we all lived in Northwest Arkansas together and we loved and saw Jay. I was a fan basically of, you know, her illustrations and she illustrated so many great Afrocentric children's books. And then I am a textile designer, but I was doing sort of, you know, corporate design and design for mass market and wasn't really doing projects that I wanted to, you know, do for myself. And so we saw for a long time, and Jasmine and I worked together also in our community on diversity initiatives and things like that. And we thought for a long time, like, how can we come together and work together because we all like admire our own work. And so this was kind of, it was like, yes, this is it. And then when all the racial unrest um, happened starting, you know, in March and with George Floyd's death and people really demanding equity in this country and, uh, you know, a response that wasn't just, okay, we're going to check the box on equity. We really saw it as a need, one, not to depend on, not to depend on the quote unquote system to provide the types of products that we wanted to buy, but then also to kind of switch the narrative in that kind of despite everything that's going on, we're, you know, Black people and Black families like are still fabulous. Like we're still celebrating. We still have families. We still have joy. And so it seemed timely as well. You mentioned that you guys were together in Arkansas, did you say? Where did y'all meet? I think Maddie and I met first through work, right? I think you and Jay knew each other first. Jay and I are best friends and um, met each other in Northwest Arkansas. We don't remember how we met at all. We cannot recall. We just remember one day I was in her car and we were headed down to Dallas for a fun birthday weekend. and. We don't know how it got there. We met on like a Monday and by Friday we were on a road trip. So ever since then, we've been best buds. Jay moved to Northwest Arkansas from Savannah. I moved to Northwest Arkansas from um, Nashville. And then after that, Madia, you moved to Northwest Arkansas maybe about four years after Jay and I met. I moved mm-hmm. in 2016 from DC. Madia and I actually met through work. So that's how we all kind of came together (laughs) and of all places, Northwest Arkansas. I mean, we all kind of gravitated here towards because there's like a big retail, you know, um, market here. Stayed, stayed close ever since then. And black people are one, one, is it 1.1, It might be two or three. Of the population. It's 2% of the population. population. In Northwest Arkansas. Mm -hmm. 
But Jasmine and Jay, they run a fabulous blog in Northwest Arkansas. And so they sort of let people, transplants like myself, like new to the area, kind of make them aware of like all the fun, you know, and cool things that are happening in the city. And then they also run a Black-owned business directory for Arkansas as well. And so they were just kind of deeply rooted in the community, you know? So it's kind of like, oh, these girls are great. Like, they're cool. They're professionals. They're, you know, artistic, creative. Like, so Mm -hmm. I was, you know, immediately kind of like drawn to, you know, to them and and working with them just kind of evolved out of that. Oh, stop. (laughs) People always ask. They're like, Why? what is Arkansas? Make it mix. Why? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of products do you have? What, what do you offer through Black Paper Party? We have a collection of gift wrapped as well as a collection of holiday ornaments that we are really, really, really proud of. We have gift wrap for both the family and the single auntie. And then we have gift wrap for just anybody that wants to see themselves reflected. And then we also have a collection of holiday ornaments. So we have a Merry Christmas baby. So it's a collection of couples and we have heterosexual couple. We have a um, gay male couple and we also have a gay lesbian couple that we're really, really proud of. And then we also have different ornaments of kids. Of uh, We call them Santa's helpers. So within our holiday collection, we have created a um, Christmas family. So we have, you know, we, of course we have our Black Santa and Mrs. Claus, we call them Papa Claus and Nana Claus. And then within that, within the Claus family, we have it broken down as a family. So the adult couples are the direct children of Papa and Nana Claus. And then the Christmas babies are the babies of the children of Papa and Nana Claus. So it's like, there's a whole story forming around it. We didn't just make black characters. Like there's a whole narrative around it. And it's really fun. And my favorite characters are the three wise women, and we call them the the collective. So you can basically think of them as the, you know, traditional Greek chorus or Black Twitter, basically, but (laughs) it's sort of the Black collective, the wise Black collective that guides us all, and we sort of say that they help guide the Christmas babies in their um, shenanigans in the the North Pole. My favorite character is Aunt Holly because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I have a lot of Aunt Hollies, so I have four aunts, three of them are single, and they always kind of bought the best gifts. Aunt Holly is down to jingle all the way because she's single all the way, but she loves to spoil the the kids in her in her life. And so I feel like everyone has that Aunt Holly, you know, in the family. And so it's really a a character I think that a lot of Black women can resonate with. And then we also discovered that a large percentage of our customers are women. We really think that, you know, she she's sassy, you know, she's kind of a little bit, you know, flirtatious and um, just represents kind of that spirit of, you know, the kind of lit, the lit auntie. <laughs> so... My favorite character is Uncle Frank, and it's only because of his name. Um, so his name, full name, is Frankincense. Okay, sorry, let's back up. I'm going to break down the family tree so this makes sense. So with Papa Claus and Nana Claus, they have four children, and these are their Christmas kids. There's Noel, who's married to Stacy. There's Frankincense, but the kids call him Uncle Frank. He's married to David. 
there's uh, Aunt Joy, and she's married to Aunt Kayla, and then we got Aunt Holly. Aunt Holly is single, but she's single and ready to jingle. And then they have their own children as well. So Noel and Stacy have uh, Malachi and Christian. David and Frankincense have Grace. And then Joy and Kayla have Faith. And those are the Christmas babies. The family gets together and they come up to the North Pole to help Papa and Nana Claus, like, essentially run Christmas. And then there's the Christmas Collective. And they're, like you were saying earlier, they're like the muses. They're kind of like the, the baby's Christmas conscience. So they, like, tell them, you know, um, holiday narratives and lessons that they can learn and use throughout the Christmas season. They're characters. They have lives. They're interconnected. How did the idea behind that develop? Well, for me, growing up, I never really saw Black people reflected in Christmas holiday. And when I say Christmas holiday, I'm not meaning just gift wrap. Like the Christmas claymation, the movies, any type of Christmas story, Black people are non-existent. And we wanted to create something where it's not just Black characters on a design. There's a narrative around it. There's a story. You can even see some of these people in your own families. You can see some of these people in your own lives. So that was like the biggest thing for us. We didn't want to just create black characters and stamp them on the product because I, I think that's something that needs to be called out like we see it when you created a white Santa and you're like oh snap color and brown we just gotta we gotta make sure we check off that diversity box we see it we're aware of it and it, it comes across very insincere we wanted this to be something that was like near and dear something that people can essentially see themselves in like we wanted to emulate black joy essentially and there's nothing more there's nothing more obvious about black joy than like the fam families around the holidays like that's the big everybody makes their great commute home for the holidays with to be with their family and their loved ones and we kind of wanted that to be presented through this collection we see the characters also as a mode to discuss relationships or current events or family or you know different issues that customers might be facing or kids might be facing as time evolves too. So they're also like a vehicle, I would say, that that's still evolving. We want Black Paper Party to be a part of people's family tradition. From your interaction and putting this together and the ideas behind it and all that you've put into it, it seems and it feels like a lot of blood, sweat, tears, time went into the creation of all that you guys have put together so far. What's mm -hmm. that been like for your friendship? for your individual lives and even for your families. So we're still friends, which is good, right? <laughs> <laughs> we done stood some, some, some storms, but we're still friends through it all. I think the biggest thing, especially just to a testament to our friendship is just understanding intent and overall, what is the, the mission? Uh, I think all of us are type A, so, <laughs> and in our respective uh, industries and fields, you know what I mean? We're, we're leaders, right? But we've made it work. When you figure out, okay, what's the lane that you're in, identifying the role that you play, and then just get really good at that has been what helped us. And then all of us being type A and extremely impatient, we've been able to really get a lot done because it's going to get done tonight, you know? So for me personally, I think my family's just really proud uh, my mom finally got her order today, so she's been running around with her ornaments saying, like, look what my baby did. This is my baby's <laughs> ornament. And then, of course, the community, especially the community here in Northwest Arkansas, 
with so like so little representation specifically here it's been really well received and appreciated by both you know people that look like us and allies so really excited to see the overall response I would say that it has helped to keep me sane during everything that's been happening. So I've been working from home basically since March and I live alone. I'm not with my family. And so it's really provided, you know, me an outlet, I would say, and a like way to connect because, you know, I when people are staying home and doing God knows what, like to try to keep saying, you know, it's sort of like I have a very set goals and agenda every day. So it's really helped me to focus and like have something extremely productive come out of this time. Um, it's kind of like the culmination of like the pandemic sequester. So <laughs> it's, it's really interesting in that way. For me, it's, um, it's been a creative break from my creative outlet. So like I'm a, freelance illustrator animator by trade so this was just really cool to just have something I'm often creating for other people so this was really cool to have something that's like ours that we created for ourselves. For folks that are looking to do something similar what advice would you have for them? I would say the biggest thing is to be very very patient no matter how much you plan there is going to be something that you did not anticipate. You cannot beat yourself up over it. You actually do not have time to beat yourself up over it. You need to fix it and move on and keep going. So that's just the natural evolution of being an entrepreneur because we will plan, 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 and certain things that we've overcome, never saw it coming. And then also don't feel as though you have to do everything by yourselves. I don't think I could have ever launched something like this on my own. So having a power team in Jay and Madia and all of us working together to like do what we need to do. I can't draw. I can't draw the first. Like I kind of just feel blessed to be in everyone's presence because this is a really nice, you know, creative podcast. I'm the, you know, the logistics finance-ish person, but being able to just have a team that's really good at what they do respectively is going to take you a lot farther than you trying to do everything on your own. Do not be afraid to pivot. Like Jasmine was saying, you can have an idea of how things are supposed to roll out. You can have a plan. You can plan it to the T. Something will go left. Don't, don't get stuck with sitting in it. Be ready to pivot and keep it rolling. The entrepreneurial spirit is something that like is it doesn't go away. I've had, you know, a couple of businesses, like I used to have a clothing line and like another clothing line and, you know, have been in various partnerships and I've worked corporate retail and I've tried and I failed many times. Like, and each time, like I've learned something new and, you know, tried again. Oh, and it's the, the journey piece of it, how people are always like, it, it's the journey and not necessarily the end result. And I really believe that you always try to, you know, figure it out, how to make it work. Even if you see something change or grow or not work the way you thought it did, if it's really that spirit inside of you, then like you'll find a way to like start again, make it work and, and be successful because it's a part of you. And I find when you don't listen to that voice, like then you're really unhappy. When you start aligning your like purpose with your passion, then that is when all the financial stuff falls into place. No one wants to be a broke artist and we aren't <laughs> and we won't be, you know.
this is not our full-time job, right? So honestly, at this point, I think each of us are about three, four jobs in at <laughs> right now. That can lead to burnout. And if you're an entrepreneur, you cannot afford to burn out. Literally, you cannot afford to burn out. So making sure that you have a discipline and a routine set to where you can either build it into your day, like an hour where you unplug and recharge, or weekly, you have some sort of ritual that you do to make sure that you have enough energy to sustain and endure through um, everything that's going to come at you because it's going to require a lot of energy exerted. And if you don't have a self-care routine, you'll burn out. To find out all the neat things that Black Paper Party is doing, check out Black Paper Party, all one word on Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok, Etsy, Shopify, like you find us wherever, wherever products are sold. Straight to our sales though, www.blackpaperparty.com. That's our episode. We'd like to thank Jay, Jasmine, and Maria for joining us and telling us all about Black Paper Party. Don't forget to follow Tiger Lily Communications on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or email us at tigerlilycommunications at mail, justmail.com to let us know what you think. By the way, the original music that you hear is called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and The World Mix. Check out some of their past performances on their YouTube channel, especially if you're missing live music these days. Also check out their CD, Say What, on iTunes, Bandcamp, CD Baby, and any place CDs are sold. Thanks for joining us. Stay safe out there.